Welcome to the Turn on the Jets post-game report. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to talk about the Jets' loss to the Houston Texans on Saturday afternoon at MetLife Stadium, 29-22. Although I would argue a productive loss. And we've got Daryl Slater, as always, from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media. Daryl, what do you think? Am I right? A productive loss for the Jets on Saturday? A weird term, but I think it fits here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a team out of playoff contention that really the only storyline left to follow now that it's obvious coach, uh, that Coach Todd Bowles is going to get fired. The only storyline left to follow is is, uh, is Sam Darnold's development. He looked like he was developing pretty nicely in that game on Saturday night. So um, that was certainly a good sign for the Jets. Obviously, there was, there was an outside chance if the Jets were able to win out and finish 7-9 that Todd Bowles could save his job, but now... Their ceiling is six wins, and I, you know, I don't think there's any way it happens. So he's gone. That storyline is sewn up, and uh, the only uh, the only thing left to watch here for the rest of the season. I mean, some younger guys too, and some pending free agents too, in terms of uh, following those guys. But uh, the Donald stuff is obviously at the top of the list in terms of what to watch for the rest of the season. That is incredible. That if Todd Bowles would have won out, there was a chance he could have saved his job because. That really should not be the case, but it is the Jets, so nothing would shock me. But as we get back to Darnold, I want to ask you about one of the best players in the NFL, J.J. Watt. After the game, he had some very encouraging things to say about the 21-year-old quarterback. Yeah, after the game, he embraced Darnold. He said, he, you know, you're going to be a great player, good luck. And he, he talked to reporters as well after the, the game and praised Sam Darnold and said he liked the way he ran around and, um, thinks he has a bright future, and so uh, Watt did get to sack uh, sack him twice, and uh, but Sam Donald escaped a few other times and uh, really did a, a nice job overall and caught the eye of J.J. Watt. So maybe a couple guys who will be meeting down the road at some point. Of course, uh, you know, J.J. Watt's a little bit farther along in his career uh, than Sam Donald, but uh, but that would be fun to see them match up again, and certainly high praise from uh, a future Hall of Famer for uh, for what Sam Donald was able to do on Saturday. Speaking of sacks, the Jets had their fair share on Saturday as well, including Jamal Adams, who looks to be on pace to, at the very least, be a pro bowler, if not an all-pro. Did he have anything interesting to say in the locker room after the game? I mean, he's just continuing to, uh, you know, to play hard, as he should. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone's talking about this being all about Sam Darnold, but there's a lot of other guys in the locker room who uh, are playing for stuff in terms of uh, their own development, in terms of future contracts putting stuff on film to, to, to they hope to stick around the league or hope to stick around the Jets and or or, or Jamal Adams who is who's playing to really start to launch his career here as a uh, you know a pro bowler um, this year or all pro or whatever the accolades that come his way is certainly would be well deserved and um, he has done a really nice job this year. I mean the Jets had six sacks and that game finally were able to establish some kind of pass rush and uh, and and Jamal Adams was certainly part of that just like he's been Really, uh, part of any success that they've had defensively all year. Um, but obviously another late game wilting on defense and, uh, just continuing to chip away at Todd Bowles' reputation for being, you know, even a good defensive coach. I just think that he came to the Jets with that reputation and has not really done much to earn it. You mentioned guys on the team that are playing for contracts. One of those guys is Morris Claiborne, the cornerback, and he was not happy after this game. No, I mean, there was a critical holding call in third and four in that final Texans drive where they scored the touchdown, um, and Claiborne insisted that he did not hold, that, that both he and uh, DeAndre Hopkins were kind of grabbing their, each other's hands on, on the course of that play and that it was 
sort of a play-on type situation, and uh, but the officials saw it differently. Uh, Claiborne was was pretty strong in his criticism of the officials after the game to the point where I, you know I wonder if he's going to get fined for that because he he said uh, basically this is how I feed my family, and when you when you don't get calls like that right. Um, you know, you screw that up for me, which is a pretty, pretty harsh criticism, of course. Um, and uh, so I wonder if the league will have something to say about that. Oh, I'm going to bet they will. Merry Christmas, Mars Claiborne. Here's your $25,000 fine is my guess. Yeah, probably so. I mean, he basically said the call was wrong. I, I think that's where, you know, he said when you don't get calls like that right. So basically when you say something like that, that's, that's a, you know, that's a red flag. It's not like he went on a tirade or anything like that, but. But yeah, that's that's pretty much a no no. Um, and uh, heat of the moment, and the guy who felt like he didn't do anything wrong in that moment. From one of the veterans who's playing for a contract to one of the youngsters who's playing for a spot on the roster next season, Davis Webb was active on Saturday, which kind of caught my eye. What's the story there? Yeah, he uh, the Jets kept three quarterbacks active, and of course, the third being Davis Webb. And Todd Bowles mentioned on Sunday. Um, the reason for that is that Webb had a good week of practice and that the Jets didn't really have a lot of decisions to make about their inactive players in this game because they had enough guys uh, hurt, really. I mean, well, Isaiah Crowell won an IR, um, and then you had uh, Quincy Anunua was out and hurt. And so they had enough guys hurt, and then also their usual healthy scratches. You're talking about Foley, Fadakasi, Deontay Burnett. I can't even remember who the other inactive guys were. But um, but they you know, they had a spot available where Davis Webb uh, – was not going to be a healthy scratch, and, and uh, we'll see what his role is going forward. The, the Jets, um, I'm sure he'll be back with the Jets next year because he's an exclusive rights free agent, which essentially means you're not a free agent at all. So as long as the Jets give him the minimum offer, he can only negotiate with them. That's what that means. So um, they'll get him back for cheap next year on the, as an exclusive rights free agent. I, I guess it's like a one-year contract. I'm not sure how that works. But um, bottom line, he'll be with him in, in the spring and in camp unless – Unless they trade him, I don't know what his trade value would be, but uh, but I think that's where things stand with him right now. You mentioned injuries, including Isaiah Crowell, who is gone for the season now. But Quincy Anunua could be back. There are other injuries as well. What's the latest on Anunua and everybody else as far as injuries go? Yeah, Anunua's dealing with that ankle issue, so two games left, and, and you wonder... I'm sure if he'll be back, I'm sure he wants to be back um, because he's playing, for, uh, he's playing with free agency pending. So uh, I'm sure he wants to come back and, and try to impress in these final two games, see if he can earn a little bit more money in terms of his free agent value. Um, the only other, let's see, the other injuries of the game, Daryl Roberts hurt his toe. Um, there may have been one other minor injury that I can't recall off the top of my head, but the major one out of that game uh, and the one that, that could reverberate here going forward is Brandon Shell, who uh, his left knee just bent in a terrible way, just an awful injury. He was carted off. I mean, uh, he had an MRI yesterday. There's no word yet on the on the official severity of the injury, but it it looked really bad. But it looked bad to the point of, um, you know, definitely season ending, and uh, you know, I don't know if career ending or anything like that. But uh, but but long term type injury. So with the, with the fact that he suffered this injury late in the season, and you've seen it with a couple guys in recent years, Devin Smith and a couple of these other guys who have who have had. I guess Dean Milner, right? Like late late season uh, injuries, whether it's ACL or Achilles or whatever, um, that those injuries can bleed into the next season. And so, right tackle did not seem to be a spot that the Jets were going to have to worry about. I mean, or consider in terms of who was going to play there next year. But 
they might be in a situation where where they are going to have to consider that now because Brandon Shell might not be available for uh, uh, potentially some of next year. I mean, if you're depending on how long the recovery period for this injury is, um, he could go right up until into the season until the start of the season. But uh, you know, he's a guy who's shown some potential this year as a as a uh, second year starter, third year in the league. So he's got a cheap contract. I'm sure he'll be with the Jets next year, but we'll see how available he is. We talked about injured players. We talked about players that are playing for a spot next year, playing for a new contract. How about players that just want to get on the field? We touched on the guys that were inactive on Saturday while Davis Webb did make the roster. What about guys like Deontay Burnett? Any chance that they get to see some playing time on Sunday against the Packers? Maybe. I mean, a little bit. Um, But... I th- you know, I think the coaches see these guys in practice, and they they want to. We we asked Bowles about this the other day. You know that playing young guys, and he's basically saying he's playing all the young guys right now who he, who he considers qualified, and that doing so with other guys like Badakasi, Derek Jones, or and Burnett to a lesser extent because he has played a little bit would be taking a leap. Basically, is what Bowles said that those guys are not ready to get out there in a game and uh, contribute at, at a consistent level so uh, you could make the argument that like who cares and put the guy out there or whatever but i think there's also a case of like you know you want to be fair to the there are other other guys who are playing for things right so morris claiborne yeah people know what he is but you know just to yank him out of the lineup to put eric jones in there for example i you know, i think from bull's perspective that's unreasonable and unfair because you know, just just from a basic level, number one. And number two, I mean, Claiborne is playing for something, too. You know, and it's not like... Um, so Bulls wants to give the guys who, who deserve, in his eyes, the best chance, or that deserve the chance to get out there the, the best opportunity. So I can understand that, certainly, because it's not like just because Morris Claiborne or another cornerback is older that, that, that he has nothing to play for and that, you know, throw it all out the window and put Derek Jones in there, who's a raw player, but, you know, has some potential. So... If you're good enough, you'll stick. You'll you'll impress. And um, if they're good enough, they'll have a chance in the spring and the summer to to impress the next coaching staff. So uh, I don't think there's any need to worry about, you know, are the Jets missing out on something um, by not playing these guys and evaluating them now. They'll have chances to evaluate, and the next coaching staff will. So if they're good, um, if they're good enough and they're really good, then, you know, it's going to be hard to miss. So we'll see. Um, maybe maybe you're dealing with guys who are borderline, and then you have to make a decision on them. Um, but that that's sort of that's sort of where I stand on that. I think if you're good enough, you'll stand out eventually. Whispers that Aaron Rodgers may be shut down by the Packers, which would mean he wouldn't play on Sunday at MetLife Stadium against the Jets. Obviously, that would be a huge factor one way or another if he plays. The Packers would probably be favored in the game. If he doesn't play, it would be a huge advantage for the Jets. Any word on what's going on there? Yeah, I'm not sure there. Obviously, it would bode well for the Jets if he doesn't play, um, and maybe not so well for their draft position, but that's not really sure what's going on there, but uh, well, we'll see as the week goes on. Speaking of draft position, Daryl, the Jets did have a good day yesterday, moving up a couple of spots. Yeah, they moved from fifth to third, uh, got some help by the Niners winning, um, and of course got some help from themselves, the Jets, by, by losing to the Texans. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where things stand right now. Two games left, and I guess they still technically have an outside shot at the top pick. It's still unlikely. But the bottom line is 
like I've said all along, don't worry about the draft position stuff. It will take care of itself. Um, just, you know, like I said, at the end of that game, if Sam Darnold came back, tweeted, didn't really, you know, didn't say it, but uh, if Sam Darnold came back and led the Jets to a win there, would people still be mad that they that they won the game and hurt their draft position? I mean, you can't have it, you can't have it every way. I mean, the, the Jets, of course, this weekend did have it every way, actually. They got some nice play from Sam Darnold. They lost the game. And their draft position improved combining with their loss with, a, with other results. So, um, but most of the time, you know, if your quarterback plays well enough, you're going to win the game. I mean, most of the time you look at the numbers, how the Jets played in that game and some of the stats coming out of it and all that stuff. Most of the time you win that game. And so if Sam Donald plays like that against the Packers, um, you know, they're probably going to win the game. So just don't wring your hands about draft position. You can get a really good player or a really bad player at number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven. So it's all about having the competent people in place uh, to make the draft pick. And that's a longer discussion for another time. Indeed it is. And Darnold seems to be on the right path. That's all that should matter if you're a Jets fan. And we will see if he continues to do that on Sunday as the Jets have their final home game of the season. So last chance to go see Sam Darnold at MetLife Stadium this year against the Green Bay Packers. Daryl, we will talk on Friday before the game. Thank you so much for coming on. Real quick, before you go, why don't you tell everybody what you and Matt Stipulkowski have coming down the pike at NJ.com. Yeah, Matt's got to look up there right now at the uh, the draft order where it stands, where the Jets stand, and, and who's competing with them for those top spots. And then I got a little thing. Um, actually, our columnist Steve Politi looked up some stats last week before the game about Eli Manning and and Sam Donald. Someone asked him, "Is Manning better than Donald, or vice versa?" And really, the as Steve said, the only fair way to compare is to look at their stats starting out. So I went back. And looked at through 11 games, the stats for Sam Donald and Eli Manning, and they are stunningly similar. It's really interesting to look at. So if you want to go check that out, um, not only the first 11 games of their careers, um, but also the improvement that was made after the first seven or nine starts. Of course, seven starts for Eli Manning in 2004. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I didn't. I had to go look it up. And then he really took a leap in those first four starts of 2015, and you've seen Sam Donald take a leap forward here in these last two starts after you know, having an uneven performance in its first nine. So it's really interesting to look at because you're talking about two guys who have similar demeanors too, pretty low-key guys. So um, maybe Sam Darnold winds up being for the Jets what Eli Manning was for the Giants. I think Jets fans would absolutely love that. I mean, uh, not that Eli Manning is a generational greatest quarterback ever. Bottom line, he won two Super Bowls. So I think the Jets fans, I think Jets fans would sign for that in a heartbeat. So there's that comparison up there right now if you want to check it out. Speaking for Jets fans, I would sign for one Super Bowl, let alone two. So let's hope that Sam Darnold is able to deliver a Lombardi trophy at some point. Thanks for coming on, Daryl. We'll talk again on Friday. In the meantime, check out everything he and Matt Stibelkowski are doing over at NJ.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know that there's only one place to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.